the LeBron James of skateboarding. Niger is to skateboarding what Messi and Ronaldo are to football. These are the kind of comments underneath Niger Houston's latest video, which is on YouTube now. In skateboarding, they traditionally call this a video part. But tradition in skateboarding is getting a shake-up, with the sport joining the Olympic Games in Japan at Tokyo 2020. This week, we speak to the world's most successful contest street skater, Niger Houston. I mean, winning an Olympics, it's the number one. It's the one you'll be the most satisfied with. Plus, we look into the reasons why skaters are sometimes a little uneasy with their relationship with the Olympic Games. Hello, my name is Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Every week, we find something to talk about, and then we find someone Olympic to talk about it. We want you to think just like an Olympian. Niger Houston is one of those athletes. He's won so many contests, it's unreal. In 2013, he'd already won more money from winning skating competitions than anyone ever. And since then, well, he's not stopped. He was crowned 2017 world champion when he won the Street League skateboarding title again. The SLS, as it's known for short, will form as the qualification process for the street section of the sport of skateboarding as it heads to the Olympic Games for Tokyo 2020. And Niger is just the man to look out for there and in 2018 too. We were very lucky to receive an invitation to his actual apartment in LA to go and speak to him. And Ashley Tullock from the podcast went along and started off by asking him what he thought of skating at the Olympic Games. It's about time. <laughs> that's, uh, that's my main thought on it. I can't believe it's taken this long, mainly just because of how many people and kids out there I feel like skateboard throughout the, throughout the world. Skateboarding is just you and the board, and there's so many people out there that do it, so many kids that love it, and that's why it's really surprising it's taken this long, but I'm just thankful that I'm in a time and place and age right now that I'm going to be able to be there, hopefully, and be a part of it for the first time. So I'm, I'm thankful. Nowadays, there's lots of people wearing, you know, Thrasher t-shirts and, you know, particularly in places like London and New York. But these guys, you know, aren't, they don't actually own skateboards. Are there any dangers or risks in, in the sport blowing up like it has? I wouldn't say there's any dangers. I, I think skateboarding... I've, I've always known it was something that was going to evolve over the years, um, not, just, not just on the contest side of things and there being more contests and being more money and getting to the Olympics, but just it becoming a bigger thing overall. And I think, I think skateboarders have always like influenced style and certain like brands like you just mentioned a lot too. So it's, it's not just a sport, it's more of like a lifestyle. And uh, I think that's a really cool part about it. Do you think there's anything that the skateboarding culture should be protected from? Not necessarily. I mean, obviously, there's a ton of people out there that are really stuck in their like core skateboarding world, and they don't they don't want it to go to the Olympics, and they don't want it to get to these places. But I think, in my eyes, as long as all the skateboarders and everyone keep keep that balance of where skateboarding came from, like producing a video part like I just came out with for Nike and just really like still being dedicated to the love of skateboarding and going out with your friends street skating and hitting random rails and getting kicked out by security guards. That's like, that's where skateboarding came from. And I think as long as, as long as that stuff s sticks around, which it will, um, it's not going to matter how, how mainstream it gets and 
if it's in the Olympics or not. I think uh, everyone's still going to have that true love for skateboarding no matter what. One of the cool things about the Olympics is that men and women are on you know, the same page on equal footing. So do you think it's going to be helpful for the women, women in skateboarding as well? Yeah, it's, all, it's going to do a lot for uh, the women's skateboarding. I think it's going to blow it up a lot. And throughout the past, I would say like mainly like two, three years, I've noticed um, girls skateboarding going, going a long ways, not just only with them being like in more contests, like them being a part of street league and whatnot, but just the progression too. Like those girls are doing some gnarly tricks now. Let's talk about your heritage. You're a quarter Japanese. So with that in mind, how special would it be to not only be competing there, but then if you were able to go on and to win a medal? It'd be awesome. It's, uh, it's crazy that it's happening in Tokyo, and I happen to be 25% Japanese, and uh, I actually have some relatives over there. I've been to Tokyo a couple times. From what I know and from what I've seen, good skateboard scene, um, I've actually I've seen a few new Japanese kids, um, Yuto being one of them. Um, he skated really well in Street League last year. Gave me uh, some close calls for a win a couple times. Um, but yeah, uh, I think Tokyo is a really good place for it to be, and um, it's only it only makes me want to be there that much more. Do you feel for someone like Chris Cole, who is an absolute legend, but has sort of said he would he would pass on it? So do you feel like there's a responsibility? for the guys that do go to the Olympic Games, or the women, guys or girls, um, for those to sort of really represent for those that aren't there? In a way, yes. Um, Chris Cole, for example, um, and Paul Rodriguez, those are legends. I, I grew up watching those guys skate, and it's crazy because I've been skating contests with them. I definitely want to go out there and represent, not just for, for those guys, um, but for also just for the US, for where I was born. I think that's one of the coolest things about the Olympics is it's not just skating for yourself or skating for the money. It's skating for your team and where you're from. I want to talk about Till Death, your new part. It's yes. awesome. It's insane. But, I mean, honestly, did you almost nearly die? Like, talk <laughs> me through that. <laughs> uh, there was, yeah, there was definitely a couple times where I probably almost died. Um, a couple knockouts, and I was out for a while. Um, so I, I picked out that name for the part. I figured it fit pretty well. I was watching the video with someone the other day and they said to me, is it, is it real? Do you mind if I ask you, like, was it, was it real? Like, you know, have you had people question that stuff? Yeah, I mean, it was all, it was all real. It was all very real. All those, uh, that's why we put in those falls and those bloody gnarly scenes because it's important to show the real side of skateboarding. Like you said, a lot of the times the stuff looks easy to someone who doesn't really really know everything about skating and doesn't actually go through that pain. So it's important to show that side of things, to show people like, yeah, I didn't actually land this trick first try like it may have looked. Okay, here, here's some comments that I found on YouTube from the video. Um, Niger is a legend. The LeBron James of skating. That one makes me stoked. It's a good one. I knew you'd like that one. Um, history has been made. Niger is to skateboarding what Messi and Ronaldo are to football. That's a good one. How does it make you feel when you, when you hear, I mean, fairly big names yeah. being put next to your name? It's insane. It's crazy. It's, a, it's, a, it's honestly like, it's a lot to take in. And it's crazy to even hear people com 
compare like someone compare people like that to a skateboarder in general because I mean soccer and basketball it's obviously what it is and then skateboarding is I mean I feel like so small to compare to that but so big in a certain way at the same time um, and I think it's cool uh, that's that's the awesome part about social media is being able to see stuff like that and I love seeing certain things and asking people how they like my shoe or being able to talk to kids and actually interact with them so they can get to know you as well. Do you think that there's a danger in being too good so that people start taking the tricks for granted and what you're doing for granted? Absolutely, yeah. I think that happens in skateboarding a lot actually. Um, it can happen sometimes when you, and this is actually like kind of a normal thing, if one person does the same tricks too much, it's always good to have a big variety of tricks and kind of be good at skating everything, not just go out in the contest and you just have these set five tricks that you do every single time. Um, but I, I do understand what you're saying. Sometimes people look at it and they, they're like, oh, like, he won that contest too easily. Like I've seen him do that trick before. It's like it doesn't mean it was easy. Like it doesn't mean it wasn't scary. Just just because I won doesn't mean that wasn't hard to do. You know, and uh, it's something that's interesting too with street league because I've been pretty su successful in street league with winning. I think twenty of them now, but I still see kids comment like even even if I win by point two points, like barely win on my last check. They're like, oh, like you just win every one. Like it's too easy. I'm like, I barely won. I literally won by that much. Like, what do you mean? Um, it's still pretty early on in 2018, but you must have thought about, or found yourself dreaming about anyway, the idea of winning skater of the year. Yes, I, I have put some thought into that. Um, I, think, uh, I think I'll still have have some work to do because uh, that that's definitely something that does not come easy in skateboarding. Everyone who wins that puts in so much work, Instagram videos, video parts, just covers for magazines. It's such like an all-around thing. Um, it's never it's never something where I'm like, all right, this year like I have to get skater of the year. I think it's something that should kind of kind of come naturally. But I do plan on later in the year um, working on street skating more and putting out some more footage. So we'll see how it goes. Just lastly, where would an Olympic gold medal sit in relation to all the other competitions? Comparing Olympics to other contests like X Games and Street League and stuff, it's definitely it's it's the number one. It's the it's the one you want to focus on winning the most. The ones you, the one you'll be the most satisfied with. But I would say it's not really something you can compare to something like Skater of the Year. It's just two completely different things, you know. Um, but. I mean, winning an Olympic would be, that'd be an amazing life goal, so, yeah. It would look nice on the shelf. It would, yeah. <laughs> well, Nigel, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, Thanks cool. for your time, and um, all the best. We'll see you in Tokyo. Thank you. Thanks to Ash there for that interview, and also to Nigel for inviting us into his apartment. Incredible. So, Danny Lisano is with me now. He's a skateboarder, and one of the old guard from the skate scene here in Madrid. He's also involved with the Spanish Federation and trying to get a Spanish team to the Olympic Games at Tokyo 2020. Danny, hello. Hi. Thank you very much for joining us. Niger, what did you make of what Niger was saying about the Olympic Games and skating? I think Niger is a, is a, you know, he's a new generation skater. So there's many skaters out there like him. So that are 100% into competition skateboarding. 
And he's also like very patriotic. So I understand him looking forward to wanting to represent his country in the Olympics. He seems to have a steely focus that's a little bit like Sean White, snowboarding wise. He seems to have that goal of being the best of the best in, you know, whereas in other skateboarders, it's not really about being best of the best. But he seems to have that that, that attitude. Nigel, he, ever since he was a tiny little kid, spent all day at the skate park skating. And all, and he was like really really obsessed with getting all his tricks and, and 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 so this is something he's been working on forever, regardless of his um, financial situation. And I know somebody like that in 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 Spain in Madrid. Uh, the our the number one Spanish skater right now. His name is Danny Leon, and he grew up skating with me. And um, I've seen that same attitude in him. He he was at the skate park every single day, practicing, practicing, practicing in a different way than other people. One of the criticisms that's often levied is that they would they're kind of robotic these skaters, and the style isn't there in comparison to some of the street skaters. It's it's a skill to be able to perform under pressure. If you're sat there all day, and you do you manage to hit that rail once and it's took you 10 hours to hit that rail yeah that's don't get me wrong that's an achievement but to hit that rail in front of thousands of people watching look that's that's kind and, of incredible you know like that's yeah. a different kind of pressure yeah and that's why not all skaters are you know contest material and that's why these these guys that have started very young and uh you know have kept going at it going at it going at it those are the ones that you know nowadays are are responding can do you know a kickflip frontside board slide on a 10 stair rail at the <laughs> x games first try they can do it <laughs> there's difference isn't there between niger is amazing at street skating or he's also incredible at contests but what are the differences between ski street skating and, and contests well, I mean, street skating happens in the streets, uh, and uh, and usually skaters that are street skating, they're they're spending all day in the street. So there's a lot more involved uh, with street skating. Is not only the the skating aspect aspect of it, but it's everything that happens to you during the whole day skateboarding in the streets. That's why uh, skateboarding, you know, really uh, teaches you a lot street culture. <laughs> Now, having said that, uh, those who choose to compete, uh, those, the, you know, that's that's a, a different way to take in skateboarding. I mean, uh, when everything is confined in a stadium and the rails are perfect and the ground is perfect and uh, it, it, the skating is different. You're skating on a competitive level. You want to impress the judges and you want to win. And that's the, the type of skater Nigel is. I'd, I'd say he's a lot more of a competitive skater than he is of a, you know, um, uh, what, what's the word, you know, core, he is a core street skater. And this part that he just released is amazing, amazing. But he will forever be known in the skateboarding community as more of a competitive skater. And here and we are. And this is where the tension begins, isn't it, basically? Because if you look at somebody, and I plucked out the name before, Jamie Foy, he won the Thrasher Skater of the Year last year. He'll be there at the SLS in, in London and will compete at these contests. But yet he is predominantly known for his video parts and being a street skater. Why, why is this tension, do you think? 
I don't know. I think skaters uh, just um, they. Uh, it's what I was telling you before. A skater's skater is usually one that uh, is is more focused on uh, releasing uh, video parts and uh, spends most of his time out in the streets and is not so much following the competitive circuit. Um, th those tend to be the skater skaters, and Jamie Foy is an example of that. Or you know. Uh, Wes Kramer, for example, also, you know. Um, so it's a little bit like your favorite rapper or your favorite musician or something like that sometimes. It's like the, the guys that love the music, love the scene, will always have their, their favorite guys. But sometimes there's someone who crosses over both, for, for example. You know, like everyone likes Kanye West. <laughs> everyone likes Drake, you know. <laughs> you kind of, you get so good, you can be both. So uh, anyway, the Olympic Games is going to have two skating sections. Correct me if I'm wrong in any of this, of course. It's going to have a street section and a park section, correct? Correct, correct. So could you just explain the two, the differences between a street and a park contest? So the street, um, I'm sure it'll be very similar to how the uh, Street League series is working now. Um, actually, I think they're the ones in charge of getting all the qualifying ready for that. Uh, so, you know, that, that's basically just rails and stairs and uh, obstacles. Park, on the other hand, is different. Park is, is transitions, and it's a bowl. It's going to be some sort of a bowl shape. Um, and then in this type of ramp, the skaters, uh, they, they do airs, and, uh, and they grind. They do lip tricks and airs, basically. So th th those are the two different things. Could you just explain a little bit about your role in trying to get some Spanish skaters to Tokyo 2020? There's not going to be a Spanish Olympic team. Uh, there's going to only be 20 skaters. There's only going to be 20 men and 20 women from all over the world in the Olympics. So um, we're going to have the chance to send some guys over to the qualifying events. So um, if if they manage to qualify in those uh, pre-qualifying Olympic events, then yes, then we might have some Spanish skaters in the Olympics. Do you ever see an end to that tension between skateboarding, between a contest skater and a street skater, or are these two things just going to coexist? Yeah, they'll coexist. I mean, skateboarding is a, is a big house, and there's many different rooms in the house. And... Uh, there's, there's the skaters that are just looking for absolute perfection and everything that, that somebody's doing. And if you land a trick a little bit sideways, then it's no good. There's the skaters that, uh, you know, skate uh, crazy DIY spots and uh, they're just, you know, drinking beer and and, and just don't care about anything. And uh, there's, the, there's the clean cut cut and competitive skater there's the there's all sorts of skateboarders so um and of course skateboarders have always loved to complain about everything so <laughs> as so, so of course there's going to be a, a a portion of skaters that are, that are going to hate on skateboarding being olympic but, but they're skaters too and and that's great that's their opinion they're not going to be the ones going to the olympics so you know. <laughs> no, they won't be there. Danny, that was amazing. Thank you very much. If you're all right, you're going to stick around to give us a couple of recommendations in a sec, aren't you? For sure. Whatever's needed. So, if you enjoyed all our skateboarding chat today, then maybe you should have a watch of our Olympic Channel original series called Speedboarders. 
It's about the world's greatest downhill skateboarding race. The story is told through some of the world's top competitors. And obviously, it looks totally unbelievable. Here's a clip. Going down a hill on your skateboard is just an amazing feeling. Kazakov is one of the best in the world. Best roads that can be skated. I want to be able to beat all the guys. A lot of bruising and a lot of road rash. It's a sport, but it's also really just a lifestyle. So if you put speedboarders and the Olympic Channel through a search engine, I would not be very surprised if it turned up there for you. Okay, Danny is back here to give us a little bit of a recommendation. So, Danny, reading-wise, what, what have you been into re recently, reading-wise? I've read many children's books <laughs> at nighttime when I'm trying to get my eight-year-old to sleep. That's what I've been reading lately. <laughs> <laughs> and podcast-wise, what have you been checking out recently? Well, um, I've only just recently discovered podcasts, uh, but I but I think I cheat because I I watch them on YouTube. I don't know if that's allowed. <laughs> Everything is allowed. Okay. There's no there's so, no rules. Okay, <laughs> so um, I've been listening to, as I told you, Joe Rogan. I think he's an interesting guy. Uh, I'm really into fitness, um, which is something I've only discovered as an older man <laughs> because I spent the first 20 years of my life just skateboarding, nothing else. You're looking pretty tight there, Danny, so don't, give, don't do yourself down here. You're not, it's, uh, yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but I discovered the world of fitness a couple years ago and then that kind of, in some weird way, led me to Joe Rogan. So I watch his, uh, I watch his, I listen to his podcast once in a while. And then I also watch, there's this channel called Athlene X. Dot com and this guy is a fitness man he just basically teaches you how to lift weights and how to take care of your body but he, he's he's definitely someone to look out for if you're into this sure no I, I, like that i say i'm into it i'm always that guy that is kind of lifting the really pathetic weight and really worried about my back in like the, the corner of the gym basically well this guy you know he this guy will will address that and he'll say if you're that guy <laughs> that's worried about his back you need to do these three exercises yeah yeah well, so that's what he's I need. definitely someone to look out for danny it's been great to have you here thank you very much thank you guys it was a pleasure so, thanks for everyone for getting in touch about Kelly Slater. Rahul Patak sent us a message via Facebook saying that the wave looked amazing. Thanks for that. Nicole Tanaka, though, commented on our photo on Instagram saying that Slater looked a little bit like Voldemort from Harry Potter. Don't tell him. He is up to magic stuff on his ranch, though. If you didn't manage to catch that, then go and have a listen because that was our last episode. That is it for the time being. Thank you very much. Until next time.